Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com. Do you believe that? Now is the time. Not tomorrow, not next week, now. God is the God of now. He's a God of opportunity. Tonight, we're going to seize the moment that God has for us. Amen? We seize the moment on Sunday, and we realize it's harvest time. We already see new faces in here tonight. We already see people, an excitement. You can feel an excitement in the air. Amen? And uh, this section over here is a little little more excited and a little more full. Amen? So this section over here is going to have to work a little more. Amen? But it's still pretty full, but not quite as full as this one over here. But God is doing great things. And welcome to those that are watching online, especially those that cannot be here. Amen. Some choose not to be here and some can't be here. But we're so thankful that we can come together. Amen. We uh, want to encourage you strongly to get out to the square tomorrow night. Let's make this our best night yet. And don't forget to grab some tickets on your way out if you have not invited someone to the movie. For Friday night, we, we expect and hope not only are you going to invite somebody, but you're going to be here. We need participation from everybody. We need everybody to come out because this isn't just an outreach. This is, these movies are going to transform your lives as well, and they're going to encourage you to see, and you're going to be watching these movies and going, oh, I remember when Pastor said that. Oh, I remember that verse he read about that. And you're going to see how the Word of God's come alive from these movies that were made almost 20 years ago, but they're very more relevant today than they were 20 years ago when they made them. So we're starting off with the movie Left Behind Friday night. You want to be here early. You want to get a place close to the screen, although it's going to be a big one. Amen. We, we have already, as we said, purchased a 24-foot screen, amen, and great sound. The grass is cut back there. We're going to be back there behind the building watching this movie and just waiting for the souls to walk through that gate, amen, just to be corralled into that area to receive the gospel, like John said. So don't, don't forget to get some tickets out. Uh, I want to I tell you that God uses many times tragedies or struggles or problems to bring a blessing and how many know that that seed has to go in the ground and die for that harvest to come so God wants to grow us tonight but we have to die and sometimes our desires have to die and the things we want to see done have to die I was just reminded tonight for many that have not been here a long time or are fairly new and don't know the story just one part of our story of how we got into this Beautiful building. How many are thankful for this beautiful building we have tonight? Amen. That is, is ever, ever increasingly getting smaller and smaller. Amen. As people are filling it up and we're thankful for that. But this beautiful building that we have tonight happened because of a tragedy. When we were on our old, at our old building at Fort Worth Drive, over there at 1131 Fort Worth Drive, we had been there for about 10 years and we knew we needed a new building. We knew they were going to uh, widen the road and Anybody that's driven by there is thankful that we're not there anymore. We get to come out to this beautiful area, and we have all this room, and we have parking, plenty of parking. You know, none of this stuff we want to do right now that we're going to do Friday night, we could have done over there. And so quickly to tell you a story that I just wanted to remind you of tonight, I felt led to share, is we're, we're over there just doing our thing, just as we always have been, planting seeds and preaching the gospel. 
And we had just put up a big, huge, brand new sign and spent thousands of dollars on it. And it was beautiful and it said Jesus on it and it said welcome to the family. And we spent lots of time and money on it. And if anybody remembers how big that sign it was, it was a staple in the city. It became a staple where the Jesus sign is. We put that sign up. And not three weeks later, I'm going to make this short, not three weeks later, Nestor called me one day and said, Pastor, the sign is gone. And I said, what? He said, it's gone. They had told us they were going to widen the road, and they had told us that these things were going to happen, but kind of like the rapture is going to happen real quick, and people are going to say, they're gone. How many want to say that about you that, that you're gone? How many want them to be talking about you? They're gone. That sign was raptured, and the city came and tore that sign down and took it. They didn't even leave the sign that we put up for us to do something with. Not that we'd have had any place to put it, but they just took it. And I, it was a moment of anger. It was a moment of frustration. It was a moment of, of why. But quickly, God began to speak to our hearts and to my spirit and show me, now's the time. Now's the time to look for a new building. Now's the time to, to, I've ruffled your feathers a little bit. I've caused a little damage here. It's because I got a better place for you. How many know if God's working on you right now and maybe it's a struggle, maybe there's some difficulties, it's because God's got something better. Better, better, better for you, amen? And here we are tonight in this beautiful building for four years now because they tore our sign down. I mentioned Sunday, church, about a Kairos moment. I want to do something. Where is John? Is John in here? John, you, you, I love you, by the way. Get your notebook and your pen, and I want you to come up, sit up on this stage right here. Just, 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 yeah, yeah, for reals. Yes, for reals. Especially since you're, I'm not going to take you away from your wife, amen. Mr. David Tyru, I know, I know, I know. He, he always tells me, I'm coachable, man. I come over here and sit on this side. I want you to sit right over here. I want right by this speaker over here. Here's why I'm doing this. Because right there, wherever you, wherever's comfortable. All right. That'll work. Because I believe that God's going to build this church so fast that we're going to have to have people sitting on the stage. So I'm just getting us ready for it. And these are going to be the best seats. Man, you couldn't have gone any further away. Camera won't see this over here. There's a little more room. A little, if you want to screw a little bit more. Yeah, just a little more. There you go. Man, y'all act like I spit or something. You couldn't have gone any further. That's all right. I believe that, though. I, vision, I visualize people sitting on the stage because there's no room. We, we want to knock this wall out. We want to build a bigger sanctuary, and that's going to happen. But we're just going to do whatever God does and use whatever we have until that happens. And I can see it. I can visualize people sitting on this stage because there's not enough room in here. And some pe here's the problem. In America, we say, man, we don't want to get too close. But every time I watch a Cowboys game, I see them sitting all over each other in a seat that they paid hundreds of dollars to sit in and watch a game. And they're, they're not afraid of COVID. So can we get uncomfortable for God just a little bit to see souls come in and get saved? And I love that John said that, and I know that would be in many people's hearts, and David's too, but I know that he said, I'll give up my seat. That was the Holy Spirit. So it's not to embarrass you, and after a while, they're going to forget you're there. Don't worry. And I don't do stuff like this a lot, by the way, but I just feel led because I want to, sometimes you have to practice. Now's the time.
I talked about a Kairos moment. When we got this building, and I used to come over here, and we didn't have it, and we didn't have the money to pay for it, God knows that I would walk into this place because I found out where the key was. Jimmy told me where the key was. The owner of the building told me where the key was. I would come up here before we ever, ever got this building, and this, didn't, this place did not look like this. did not look like a sanctuary. And I would grab chairs from different places, and I would sit them there, and I would sit in the chairs. And I would visualize listening to the sermon. And I would visualize the stage, and I would visualize people and all these things. Because, church, before you have something, you have to see it in the Spirit. When you sow a seed into the ground, you are totally sowing that seed, as I talked about Sunday, into the ground, and you can't see the seed anymore. And you have to believe by faith that something's going to come up out of the ground. And the seed that we sow into God with that track or with that offering or with a Jesus card or with a seed of, of finances or giving a ticket out, we're putting something in the ground and we're saying, God, I don't know anything but this, but this is a Kairos moment. I said it Sunday, and I believe, and I, I can't give details yet because it's not time yet, but let me just tell you something. God is moving. That's all I can tell you. God is moving, and he has moved already a lot since Sunday. I'm just going to tell you that. You have to trust me. God is moving. And he is confirming his word. He is confirming his word. And all I can do is put my hands up and say, thank you, Lord, for letting me hear your voice. But I'm telling you, when I mention that Kairos moment, listen, the definition is a time when conditions are right for the accomplishment of a crucial action. How many know there's nothing more crucial in the world than getting someone saved? The opportune and decisive moment to act. So it gives us an opportunity to act. And believe it or not, many of you didn't know that word, and this is kind of what happens. How many know the word rapture is not in the Bible either? Because that's Latin. Greek, those words that we use that are called the snatching away or the catching up that are not in the Bible, neither is kairos because it's Greek. But it means opportunity. It means uh, season. It means a fitting time, a moment that God gives us that we must seize. We must seize the opportunity. How many times in your life have you looked at a house and said, I wish I would have bought that when it cost this? Remember that? I wish we would have bought that house and, and, and stopped renting. That's just an example. I wish we would have done this. Or I wish we would have done that. And, and all these moments get missed. The Bible mentions this word kairos 86 times in the New Testament. 86 times the Bible mentions an opportune time, a moment in time that God gives us. And how many know that we're, we're, we're not talking about something we can do in our own strength. We're talking about something that is beyond us. Something that is supernatural. Luke 19, if you look at your Bibles quickly, Luke chapter 19. I don't know if I'll get through all this. I was going to kind of do some more on the message from last Wednesday, but I felt like I got out last Wednesday what I wanted to preach about constant and never-ending improvement. Go back and listen to that if you didn't get a chance to hear it. Getting 1% better every day in our walk with God, our prayer, our, our reading of the Bible, the way we treat our spouse, the way we do things, every day getting better. There's no better story in the Bible than this right here. I thought, God... Holy Spirit, give me a story about seizing the moment. Now Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector. And he was, he was what? Rich. 
And he sought to see who Jesus was. But could not, and this part is a little funny, could not because of the crowd, for he was vertically challenged. That's the nice way of saying someone's short. He was vertically challenged. Go, hey, I didn't, wait, go back for a second. I, I gotta hit that real hard. For he was short of short stature. Okay, now go on. This is important though. Go back to that second. This is the limit we put on God right here. I can't do something because I'm short. I can't do something because I don't have, he has finances. I don't have finances. I can't do something because I don't have talent. I can't do something because the devil told me this. I can't do something because the doctor told me that. I can't do something because my parents told me this. Or We have all these limitations. I can't do, I can't sow a seed. I can't, because I don't have any money in the bank. I can't go witness to somebody because I don't know what to say. We have all kinds of excuses, and he says, I want to see Jesus. This is, this is so good. I want to see Jesus, but I'm short, and there's a lot of people here, and I can't see him. He's over there. I hear his voice, and I know he does great miracles, and if I can just get to him and meet him, he'll do great things in my life. And this goes to show that even rich people need Jesus, and even rich people don't have hope. He said he was a rich chief tax collector, meaning he didn't have any needs financially, probably physically, but he had a need spiritually. And he had a desire to meet this Jesus that he was hearing about. That's what we're trying to do during this month is sow seeds so people can hear about the Jesus who changed our lives. How many want your neighbors and your friends and your family and your coworkers to know the Jesus that you know tonight? To know the peace that you know tonight. The joy that you know tonight. And so he has an issue that, hey, he can't do anything about. You're short, you're short. He's short. So he could have just been like, you know what, I wanted to see Jesus, but it just didn't happen. But watch what happens. So he ran ahead. And this is so interesting. With money, he could have said, hey, go, go build me something or go pick me up or or go do something, but there's always a sense of humility in God's moving of a life when a person gets to a place where they realize, what I'm trying to do, I can't do on my own, and even though I have resources that God has given me, I need to humble myself, and I need to make sure that God shows me how I can get to Him in, in His way with nobody else's help. So he doesn't have any of his workers help him out. He doesn't, he doesn't go get on some kind of structure. He goes to a tree, a sycamore tree, and he climbs up into the sycamore tree. How I many know oh, that's humbling? A rich man climbing a tree? He's humbling himself and saying, I've got to see this man no matter what. He was seizing a moment. I said this Sunday, I'll say it tonight, and I believe it more than any time I've ever preached in the lifetime of my ministry, that this, this month, every message is going to be something you're going to have to catch. And if you'll catch it, God will do something supernatural. Not because of me, but because of who Jesus is through his word, and because we are in a Kairos moment. If you will catch it, and I felt it Sunday, I felt many people catch it, I feel people catching it tonight, and you're going to catch it, and it's going to get down inside of you, and you're going to understand this is a moment. 
And church, quite possibly, this could be the last moment. Do you realize that that's the days we're living in? And oh, we've heard that before. But I'm telling you, church, I told you and I've been telling you, we're not in the fourth quarter anymore. We're in overtime. The, the birth of the baby is overdue. And, and, and there needs to be some inducing. And I believe that what, we're trying, what God wants us to do this month is some inducing. We put called into action to do something, to make something happen. There's a moment. Zacchaeus is seizing the moment right here. He understands in his spirit that Jesus is walking by. And he understands that this moment is going to change his life forever. And if he does not see Jesus, he's going to miss it. Amen. This is so different from a lot of stories in the Bible where we always picture somebody that's hurting or someone that's sick or someone that's poor or someone that's lost. This man has everything and he knows in the depths of his heart he needs Jesus. And he seizes the moment and he climbs the tree and it says because he was going to pass that way. Verse 5, watch this. And when Jesus came to the place... How many understand that there's a place for a Kairos moment? Hello? I might get some people in trouble here tonight, but how many believe you're married to the person that God calls you to be married to? Even if you don't believe, you better raise your hand. Just kidding. Hey, man, you better raise your hand. I'm just trying to help your marriage because you might say, well, I don't know if they're the right person. Well, you got, they got to become the right person now because you're married. How many get what I'm saying, though? I believe that the woman I married is the woman that God had. But see, there was a place I had to meet her. God had a Kairos moment for us to meet, and it was at a place. Because even though we believe, listen carefully, and I can already tell I'm not even going to get past this story. I have a whole bunch of other verses. But we have a moment in our lives, moments, that are moments of destiny. It's not just just any old day. It's not just any old service. It's not just any old month. It's not just any old outreach. God is doing something that's going to change the destiny and the future of your family, of your marriage, of your life, of your neighborhood, of our church, if we will seize the moment. And this man understands that although he has everything that money can buy, he's missing something. And he knows, he doesn't even know who Jesus is. And those are the people we're trying to reach on the square. Those are the people we're trying to reach at work. They don't know who Jesus is yet. But do you remember when you didn't know who Jesus was? Do you remember when no one told you, you, you had never heard of him or maybe he was a cuss word to you? Or you but when, how many remember when you met him? He knew he had to get to Jesus' voice. And it says, when Jesus came to the place, the place. How did he know that was the place? Because something inside of him said, you better go. Doesn't tell us what he was doing, but if he was rich and he was a tax collector, he was probably getting paid. He was probably making money. Because he didn't get rich by accident. Because he was a tax collector. So just like Matthew as well, who was also a tax collector, one of the disciples, he, he sees this place and Jesus gets to the place... Maybe tonight is your place. Maybe it was Sunday. Maybe it'll be this Sunday. Maybe it'll be next Sunday. Maybe it'll be all of them. I want to be in the place every time. How many want to be in the right place with God every day? Every time. And never miss a moment.
And Jesus came to the place. He looked up. Jesus looked up. In this interesting, now the world has reversed for a moment. Most of the time we're looking up to Jesus. This time Jesus looks up to Zacchaeus. Because he put him in a... Oh, this is good right here. He humbles himself by climbing a tree. And by climbing a tree and humbling himself, he gets exalted to a place where Jesus sees him. David caught that. Did you catch that over there, John? I know there's a bunch of people in between us, but they caught it too. Did you catch it? Amen. See, I'm seeing that person that's not there yet. Oh, I gotta, sorry about that. Didn't mean to step on your shirt. My bad. You got some new shoes. Pastor Dylan gave me these nice shoes. They're the most comfortable shoes I've ever had. How many know there's nothing better than free, free gifts? Amen? They look extra good because they're free. But I just stepped on someone's new shoes right there. I apologize. You got that over there? Amen. He humbles himself, and as he goes up the tree, humbling himself, he gets exalted to where Jesus is walking, and there's people all around him, but he sees Zacchaeus. So he's humbled himself. Someone's going to get that, and that exalts him to a place where Jesus sees him. And he looked up and saw him and said, and I love this. He didn't say, hey, sir. Hey, hey, young man or old man or we don't know how old he was. Hey, sir. He said, Zacchaeus. How many know Jesus knows your name? How many are thankful tonight? Jesus knows your name. Woo! He knows your name. And he says, come down quickly. Make haste. Come down quickly. For today... I must stay at your house. Can you imagine the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Prince of Peace and the bright and morning star looking at you and calling you by name and say, I'm coming into your house today. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. So he was a smart man and he listened and made haste and came down faster than he went up. And received him what? Joyfully. And when they saw it, see, whenever you begin to get elevated by humbling yourself and walking in obedience, you're always going to have people who get mad. Because they want what you have, but they haven't done what you've done. Hello? No one gets recognized by God in a way that Zacchaeus does unless they do something to do it. God sees your prayers. God sees your offerings and your tithes. God sees the tracts that you're passing out. God sees your heart for people. He will exalt you in, the Bible says, due time. And Galatians, which I don't even have in my notes tonight, is a great verse. says, if we do not faint and we continue to sow... And we don't grow weary in due season. In other words, in the perfect moment, God will elevate us and we will reap a harvest. How many are thankful for the harvest that is here? Now, church, we're going to change this around for the rest of the month. Now it's not harvest time. Harvest is here. Harvest is here. Say that with me. Harvest is here. It's not coming it's here. And we're going to begin to see the harvest overcoming us before we even plant seeds. So they complained and said, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. 
That's you and me. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Is anybody in here thankful and reminded of the sinner that you used to be and how lost you were when Jesus called your name and said, Come home, wayward child. I died on the cross for your sins, and I love you. So they got mad, and they got jealous. You guys wonder why your family and your neighbors and your coworkers and all of them are mad at you now? Because they really want what you have, but they won't humble themselves like you did to put your faith in Jesus. And it says, was that the last thing I read? Go back one verse. Yes, he has gone to be a guest with the man who is a sinner. Verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and said, Lord, now listen, I promise you, this is not what I want to focus on, but I do want to show you an attitude that this man has. Lord, he, I want to give half my, he didn't say I want to give a tithe. He said, I want to give half. Does anybody know what half is? Now don't worry, I'm not saying let's all give half. I'm not saying nothing with this. I'm just telling you when God, see really when God gets our heart, he doesn't get 20% or 30% or 50%. He gets 100%. God can have it all. Come on. But he only asks for a tenth. I'm going to give half my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, and how many know what he's basically doing? He's saying if, but he's really confessing. This is the key to revival right here. Revival starts with repentance. Revival starts with, Lord, I confess to you that I've made some mistakes and that I fall short of your glory. How many know 1 John says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us from all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says, if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said, today, in this Kairos moment, salvation has come to this house. Because he is also a son of Abraham. See, Zacchaeus seized the moment. He took advantage of the opportunity. He understood. You can put the background back up. This was a Kairos moment. This was a moment that he had to take advantage of. What I want you to understand tonight and every day until Jesus comes back, is every time there's an opportunity, we have to seize it. Every time. Let me just show you another verse in Romans chapter 13, if you'll go there. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Give me an amen if you're there. And do this, knowing the time. How many know God wants us to get to a place where we recognize opportunities? Like we sense in our spirit, God is doing something. I think of another story that, and we'll just leave that verse up. I think of another story in the Bible that talks about, actually just put the background back up for a second, that talks about the stirring of the waters. How many remember that story? The man's laying at the pool, and every time the waters begin to stir, whoever gets into the water first gets healed. There's a stirring that God is doing, and God stirs our hearts. He stirs up our spirits. 
And you got to understand, this isn't one of those things where you look around and say, hey, what, how are you reacting to this? How, how are you responding to this? Hey, what are you doing? What are you sowing? Who are you passing out? This is a personal thing. Because we are going to reap a harvest all together as a church, but God has a personal harvest for you. And the Bible tells us that all of us are going to answer to God for our harvest. How many want to have a big harvest to answer to God with? So if we want to have a big harvest, we have to seize the moments. And then it says, knowing the time that now, that's why this is called now is the time. Now it is high time. How many grew up in the era where that went, it was really time? It's high time. Some of your parents might have said that, or your grandparents. High time to awake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. This is the most true verse in the whole Bible. This is what I tell you all the time when I say Jesus is closer now than he was 10 years ago, or 5 years ago, or 5 months ago, or 5 minutes ago. He's closer now than when we first believe. Amen? The night is far spent and the day is at hand. So what does God say we need to do to see a move of God? Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Church, when we're busy, when we're working spiritually, we're praying and we're coming to church and we're making God a, 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 a priority like we are right now in our lives, there's something about being busy for God. Amen? It keeps you out of trouble. Keeps your mind from being idle. That's why we try to have so many things going on. It's not just so it looks busy. It's because we understand that an idle mind is the devil's playground. And the more events that we have going on, the more things that we have to get involved in. And that's why this Wednesday night service is so important. Because a lot of people, like John said, go to church on Sundays. But they, they fall back into sin and fall back into their ways during the week. And we need this service to come back into and readjust and get our hearts right again. And be refilled up again and make sure that we're not falling into the flesh again. Amen. And making sure that we're staying busy and so... Church, some of you radical, crazy people, look at the person next to you and say, you're radical and crazy for Jesus. A good crazy, by the way. Some of you went to, came to church Sunday, went to small group Monday, went to another small group last night, came to church tonight, you're going to be on the square tomorrow, you're going to be on a movie Friday, you're going to ask if you can help the youth on Saturday, and you'll be back here again on Sunday. Some of you radicals have been at church every single day. And I just want to tell you that kind of sounds like the book of Acts. Some of y'all get that later. Every day they went to church. Daily they were in the temple. Daily they were breaking bread. Watch this. It's almost time to quit. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Watch this. When, when is it time? Say now. We then, verse 1, as workers, how many workers do I have in here? 
together with him. By the way, that ought to be enough to make us happy right there alone. That God would say we could work with him. That alone. I thank God all the time. Lord, thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to serve you and, and do something for you. To even allow me to work with you. Also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. He says, in an acceptable time, in a kairos moment, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now, say now, is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. How many in here understand how important your soul is? Your soul. Your individual soul that the Bible tells us whether we want it or not is going to live forever. Eternal. We are incorruptible. We have a corruptible body. The Bible says this corruption will take on incorruption. Believer or not. Everyone will pass into eternity and this old body will be decayed but will be given a new body for eternity. So when we think about our souls, literally every time we do a sinner's prayer and someone gets saved, it is a kairos moment. Because someone, the Bible says, is being snatched from hell into heaven. Snatched from darkness into light. Snatched from the hands of a devil that hates you into the hands of a living God who loves you and died on the cross for your sins and paid a price you could never pay. It's a kairos moment. And it needs to be something that is addicting to us. It needs to be something that consumes us. You're never going to hear somebody say with, with any kind of merit, you think too much about souls. Let us be a church that is accused of being too busy thinking about souls. I think we'll be okay with that, amen? Because I know God's going to be okay with that because God sent his son that the whole world would know him. And church, it is not our job to change people, but it is our job to sow seeds and plant seeds so that other people can have a kairos moment. Friday night, in the name of Jesus, by faith, we are going to be under the stars. We're going to be under a beautiful sky listening to a movie about a futuristic event. And at the end, we're going to say a salvation's prayer. And if one person gets saved in a Kairos moment, it'll be worth all the money we spent for sound and movie projector and screen and flyers and everything else if one person gets saved. As the musicians come tonight, one last verse. I'm only halfway through the message. Hebrew, sorry, Ephesians chapter 5. Watch this. We'll finish with this. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. I know that's not a word we use every day, so I'll break it down. It means carefully and cautiously. See that you walk carefully and cautiously. Not as fools, but as wise. How many know your Bibles enough to know what that means? There's a parable of the ten virgins. Five are fools, five are wise. All are carriers of 
the lamp, which is salvation. He's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking about believers. But how many know the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, as a matter of fact, he who wins souls is wise. How many want to be wise in this place tonight? You may say, you know, I don't understand the whole Bible. I don't understand everything in this thing. I don't understand a lot of things about life. But if you want to be wise, get this. Tell people about Jesus. He who wins souls is wise. So he says, don't live as a fool, but live wisely. So basically, if we wake up every morning and we say, Lord, help me win souls, you are wise. And then he says, we live, as the other verses say, in a way that when I tell somebody about Jesus, they see Jesus in me. How many know that detail is quite important? Amen. Can I get a better amen on that? How many know that when you tell Jesus about someone about Jesus and that they change your life, they should see a life changed? Hello. So if you're not going to live a life changed, then don't open your mouth and tell people about Jesus. But if you are wanting to see souls saved, live your life in such a way that they see Jesus in you. Not someone perfect, because no one's perfect, but they see Jesus in you. And then you share Jesus with them, and you are wise, because you are telling them about what God is telling you to do, to, to walk carefully and cautiously. And then this says, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. That, that literally says, in our terms, make the most of every opportunity. Do you realize tonight that this could be our last service? As a church, as individuals, we're not promised tomorrow, the Bible says. The Bible says life is like a vapor. One day it's here in James, another day it's gone. And that's actually in my notes, but I'm not going to get that to, to tonight because I feel led to just pray tonight and open up the altars because God is going to do more just in a few minutes here at the altar than I can do in this whole message. Because we're in a Kairos moment. We're in an opportunity that God is giving us to see lives changed and souls saved that I'm telling you our church has never seen before. It's not that we haven't done outreaches before. It's not that we haven't done what we're doing now before. It's not, this isn't something new. This isn't like, hey, let's try outreach. It's because we're in a Kairos moment. It's because time is short. It's because there are people in this church, and, and I want to say most people. I don't know everybody, but I want to say most people, and, and I'll just give it to you on credit. All we want to do is see a move of God. We don't have any other motives. We just want to see lives changed. Like John said, we just want Jesus to be glorified. And I believe that as a church, that's our heart. That's our heart. And how is God not going to honor that? He is. And he's speaking to us right now, and he's telling us through his Holy Spirit, this is a moment that you don't want to miss. This is your time. This ground is fertile. This ground is tilled up. You know, when you pray for a long time, how many know when ground is really hard, it takes a long time of tilling? Matter of fact, it's annoying how hard ground can be, especially Texas ground. It takes a long time to get that ground tilled up and get soft and fertile. So when you put the seed in, it grows. Church, we have been sowing and we have been praying.
and we have been fasting and we've been seeking the Lord for years with nothing other than a motive to see people saved. So I'm just telling you tonight, church, that it's time. Now is the time. Amen? Now is the time. How many believe that now is the time? Amen? Would you stand to your feet tonight all across this place and just begin to lift your hands and worship the Lord. Father, we bless your name tonight and we thank you that now is the time. Now is the moment. Father, we begin to believe by faith, Lord, that you are doing something in this place at 7833 North I-35, God, in Denton, Texas, that you have already ordained and planned since the creation of the earth. And Lord, you have a people here, and this is a Kairos moment and a Kairos time, and you are ministering to the hearts of your people tonight, and we are hungry. I feel like I'm praying by myself, but that's okay. We are hungry tonight, God, for a move. And Lord, I know I'm not alone in this tonight. I know I'm not the only one, God, that wants to see a move. I know I'm not the only one who feels what I feel and know what I know in the Spirit tonight, God. And Lord, we speak these things into existence tonight and we understand that now is the time today is the day the hour is come father for this city to repent and this city to turn their lives around to jesus and our neighbors and our co-workers and our family members because jesus you're you're close to returning for the church and lord we want to do everything we can before you come back father lord let us redeem this time let us redeem this moment tonight father we sense your holy spirit in this place we feel your power and your presence in this place tonight. Oh, as you're watching online, just pray with us. Just worship with us. We know God is doing something. And Lord, we know you're up to something. And we know that right now, at this moment, you are already working behind the scenes. And you are doing things we can't even see. We don't even know about it, Father. But you're doing great and mighty things that we haven't even thought about, Lord. And Lord, all we're going to do tonight is what you've called us to do, and that is be faithful. Hallelujah. All across this place, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, in this place right now at this very moment, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you died tonight and took on incorruption or incorruption in that body into an eternal body that's going to live forever, where would you spend it tonight? If you don't know for sure that heaven would be your home, if you don't know for sure that your sins are forgiven, the Bible says today is the day, now is the time. This is the acceptable moment of your salvation. This is a Kairos moment for you to be saved. In this place right now, if you are not born again and your name is not in the Lamb's book of life, not because of what you've done or what you haven't done, but because of the blood of Jesus being shed on the cross for for your sins you need to lift your hand up right now and say pastor pray for me because I need Jesus to come into my life all across this place just put it up and say that's me I'm not saved just put it up and say that's me I'm not saved I don't know where I'd go if I passed into eternity right now say that's me just wave at me and I want to pray for you tonight that's me I'm not saved I don't know Jesus I'm not born again if I died tonight I would split hell wide open I'm I'm a good person I'm a bad none of that matters the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags 
do you know Jesus and does he know you? Does he know you by name? Are you a name or are you a number tonight? Quickly, in this place, if you raised your hand or if you need Jesus, I want you to quickly step out of your seat and come up to this altar. I don't want you to wait for someone else to move. I don't want you to look around. If you're not saved tonight, I want you to leave your seat and come down to this altar. We're going to pray for you. We're going to give you just a few moments. Come on. You're not saved. If you feel that nudging on your heart right now, that's the Holy Spirit saying, come on. Come on, that's it, that's it. That, that nervous feeling is God saying, go. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those that are watching online, I want everyone in this place to say this prayer with me. If you're watching online and you're not saved, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your son. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross to take my place. You were crucified. You were killed and beaten and bled on that cross for me. I believe that tonight. And tonight I repent of my sins. And I turn from my ways. And I give my life to you. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart, you raised him from the dead. And tonight I ask you to write my name in the Lamb's book of life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise tonight for a Kyrie. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.